This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey everyone and welcome to the Wrap-Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post-game show and podcast where we recap, dissect, we have some fun talking about the latest Raptors game you just watched. I'm your host, Sahal Abbey. I'm here with Oren Weisfeld. Oren, we haven't talked in a while. I'm excited for this one. Um, this show is produced by, obviously, yours truly. Um, and tonight, <clears throat> very unfortunately, <laughs> oh my gosh, Oren, this one was tough. I mean, I thought the last game was tough. This one's even worse. Uh, your Toronto Raptors were defeated by the Brooklyn Nets 119 to 116. It was a Kyrie Irving game winner, and that brought the Raptors record to now 13 and 16 on the NBA season. That's three games under 500. And last but not least, guys, you guys know I'll always ask you this every single show. If you love the Toronto Raptors, do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as our podcast channel, The Rapcast, uh, wherever you're watching or listening. Oren, uh, <laughs> I just told you before we went live that these games suck even more than the games where the Raptors just seem like they're down 10 or 12 the entire game because the Raptors actually played really well in this game. And of course, it came down to the final five or six possessions. Um, Fred hitting a couple big shots. Scotty with a great turn and twist on Ben Simmons, laying it up. Did it come down to this? And then it, and then it came down. I mean, a Utah big shot, and then it came down to that which was the Kyrie Irving game-winning shot in typical Kyrie Irving snatchback crossover fashion. That was Um, disgusting because I'm not going to lie. I called out on Twitter that I thought it looked like a push-off. But now on replay, I don't even think his arm touched him. I think he just got Fred with the the step. I think it's one of those things where it's not necessarily a push-off. I think it's just Kyrie just using Fred's momentum against him. And yeah. it might be a little shove of the arm or whatever, but um, if you watch defenders and watch the leverage they use, a lot of times defenders, when they're um, when off- offensive players are you know aggressively driving right, you'll kind of just try and hold on to whatever piece of that offensive player you can. Sometimes it's their arm, sometimes it's their shoulder, sometimes it's their hip. And in this case, Fred, um, I guess, just believed Kyrie was driving right. And I mean, what can yeah. you say, Oren? This is we're talking about one of the best uh, dribble dribbling guards i think ever in the history of basketball so um and then also one of the most clutch guards i think in recent memory as well so um i guess what were your thoughts on that final shot and just the back and forth with uh of course in typical raptors fashion i guess 2005 raptors fashion a former raptor yuta watanabe also hitting a big shot on us what do you think yeah, like I, I don't know if I would say it's as bad as the last loss because I felt like the Raptors made just so many mistakes against the Kings and kind of preventable ones. Whereas this game, I think the Raptors played about as well as we've seen them play this season, honestly. Uh, you got to give some credit here to the to the Brooklyn Nets who shot 60% from the field and I don't think the Raptors played bad defense. So like, Honestly, that was some pretty crazy shot making from KD and Kyrie. Um, That is kind of what they do. And so 
maybe you can blame the scheme a little bit for not getting the ball out of those guys' hands as much as you might have liked. But in general, man, the Raptors played so well, like on both ends of the floor. They put up 116 points. Um, They shot 37% from three, which has been the big concern recently. They got to the line way more than the Nets, or, or it's a couple more times than the Nets. And I thought they just did all the little things well. Honestly, that that was a matter of shot making down the stretch. And yeah, Katie and Kyrie, like those guys are typically going to win the shot making battles down the stretch. So honestly, a lot of positive takeaways. We'll talk about it. Freddie, Scotty, really, really good games. Malachi out of nowhere, out of left field, really good wow. games. But yeah, it does suck that the Raptors just can't find a way to win right now. But positive momentum, I think, nonetheless. Yeah, and I think this is very weird to say as well, but I think they did gain some positive momentum from the game prior as well. Like, people forget against the Kings, they did score 123 points. They did only lose by a single point, right? Fred did put up 39, right? Scotty did have yeah. a great game. I think he had 27, 10, and yeah. 8. I was talking yeah, about in the last show. So um, this is, I guess, a positive step forward. But like I said, it's tough, Oren, to take a moral victory from a loss like this just because you were in control in the first quarter. You were in control really in the first half. The third quarter, the Nets absolutely dominated the Raptors, which is really disheartening to watch. I mean, watching the Raptors, they could not buy a shot, and then they were allowing the Nets to do whatever they wanted, especially on the offensive glass. That was sad. Um, and in the fourth quarter, it was a lot of back and forth. Of course, the Raptors did make a little bit of a comeback. I mean, the, the game really never got out of hand for the Raptors at any point, I think, in the fourth quarter. Um, and uh, the Raptors did make a comeback. They were down three, tied it. Um, I think the Nets went up two. They tied it again with a Fred two. Um, the Nets scored again, um, and then I believe that was when Scotty hit the layup, and then it just kept going back and forth, back and forth. Utah hit a three, and then, um, yeah, Raptors hit a two, and uh, Kyrie Irving did that. So uh, very difficult, but I guess going into the game, Warren, um, you're looking at, I mean, for some context, the Nets were one of the hottest teams in the league, if not the hottest team, right? Um, they played. I the think Raptors. they are the hottest team since they got Kyrie Irving back. Kyrie, they yeah. Said on the broad, they said on the broadcast, they're ten, the best ten team wins, three NBA. losses, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Kyrie's came back. They look like the best team in the league, at least in the thirteen games they played. Now fourteen, so they're eleven and three with Kyrie. Um, but yeah, against the Raptors, Brooklyn's won all three matchups this season. Um, four now, I think. I think that was yeah, four. it was three yeah. prior to this game. Now it's four exactly. So yeah, oof. Two of the four weren't close. Two were close. Raptors were missing Siakam, Fred, and Barnes, I believe, for two of the four games. Um, just uh, not great um, going into the game. The, the Nets were seventeen and twelve. I believe they had the fourth uh, offensive rating. Uh, sorry, eleventh offensive rating in the league, tenth defensively, which is much better, Oren. Because if you remember the way that uh, season started defensively for the Nets was horrible. I mean, they could not stop anybody. Um, and I feel like there's a lot more cohesion um, in their unit, both offensively and defensively. Yeah. One thing that's helping yeah. a lot that that wasn't a big thing in this game, Oren, um, but has been helping him in these 13, 14 games with Kyrie has been Joe Harris. He's been shooting really well from the field. So I think now the role players are starting to understand better where they fit. And Kyrie and 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 um, Kevin are just kind of doing their thing as as per usual, as they've been doing for the last 10 plus years in the NBA, right? 
For sure. Yeah. And and that's why I was saying give credit to them. Like the Nets just played really, really well today. I felt like compared to we've again, we've seen them four times this season. We've kind of seen their progression and they just look kind of better. I think every time we play them, that's not something you can necessarily say for the Raptors who've had a really up and down season. I feel like the Nets progression has been pretty linear this season. And you yeah, like role players knocking down shots. Sometimes that's just the difference. I don't know if it was tonight because you did get a really good game from Malachi Flynn off the bench. Like the bench was pretty good. All, all the Raptors role players played well enough tonight. I think other than Coloco, who like if we're just focusing on this game, I know it didn't matter at the end when both teams went small, but Claxton versus Coloco is such a mismatch at this point. Huge. Every game it has been. And I think that's honestly where you can say this game has been lost. Like people watching know that. Coloco was fed in the post easy, not in the post uh, at the dunker spot, like so many times. And he either just couldn't finish or he got fouled and couldn't finish. He went one for four on the night. Um, But yeah, like his finishing is just not very good. He missed Claxton a few times and 15 points to four points um, and and out rebounding him like Claxton. Claxton just had him again. And it's kind of frustrating with Ken Birch on the bench because I, I just think Ken is ahead of Coloco at this point of, of their careers. So that's where it's like a, a little, okay, maybe this is a long-term thing with Coloco, but that's why I just keep going back to like, this team needs a starter so desperately. They're like, I'm, I'm really willing to overpay for one to get it done sooner than later. Cause like if the difference between now and the trade deadline for like a Pirtle is like a second round pick, like just pay it, like just get yeah, this team a normal it. center. And I think they would have won this game. I, I not a normal center. I should say like a starting caliber center. Um, So yeah, no, that, that was one matchup that definitely stood out to me tonight. Yeah. I mean, I was just pulling this up as we speak, Oren and, uh, this guy has killed the Raptors this season. I mean, uh, yeah. 15 points, so 16 points, almost 11 rebounds, and four blocks in four games against the Raptors this season. That obviously includes the most recent game um, tonight, December 16th. Um, and he's been consistent. There hasn't been an up and down with Claxton, right? We're not looking at two massive games and two duds. We're looking at 19 and 11, 14 and 12, 15 and 9, and 15 and 10, and four blocks, four blocks, three blocks, six blocks. Like, this is... This is as weird as, as this sounds, Orin, this is exactly what the Raptors need. <laughs> this is no, exactly 100%. what the Raptors need as a center, right? So um would be great for us. I don't know. Like, do we He's do visible. we read <laughs> do, do we read the scouting report when when we get back to back Scotty Barnes post ups on, on Nick Claxton that both um lead to you know Claxton blocks? Like, I don't understand why we the Raptors as a team understand who the best rim protector, and it's not even close for the Brooklyn Nets, who it is. It's Nicholas Claxton, and they're attacking him on posts up, post-ups. And we'll get into post-ups a bit later because that was like the storyline of the game early on, at least, um, yeah. with Scotty Barnes having seven in the first quarter. Everyone thought everyone thought Warren, he was going to break the uh, single-game record. I think Dwight Howard had 35 in a game um, in 2013. Who's everyone, bro? Uh, <laughs> were people talking about this on the timeline? Not on my on timeline. The t- all over for me. People were talking about really? nonstop post ups in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, it was definitely a lot. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. He's been. Let's Nicholas talk about Cuff that now. The bane of their existence. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did the game start, Oren, for the Raptors? What did you like? What didn't you like? Um, well, what did you notice? I guess. 
I want to talk about the post ups because yeah. you're right. It was a ton of them. And I'm just looking now, and the Raptors only had 17 assists on the night, which is an awful, awful number, right? I think 25 is kind of what you want to get to. Uh, thank you, Phoenix, for the tip. Yeah, the Knicks are better than us. Appreciate oh. it. Um, so, so I was listening today to the Nerder She Wrote podcast, which is that one of the athletic NBA pods I really like. Shout out Mo Dekiel. Honestly, he's one of my favorite. I love him. I love him. Me too. Mo. He's really become he's one of my favorite podcast guests. Like, yeah, I just like his opinion, but also he's, he's funny. Uh, and I think he was saying this about how, yeah, he was like, Sometimes the offense, we know what it is. It's mismatch hunting. It's a lot of post-ups. But sometimes it just it, it creates such a groggy game that it actually works to the Raptors' disadvantage where they can't get an offensive rhythm because they're just doing... They're, they're passing up sometimes even ball movement opportunities for these post-ups just to put it in there again and again and again. And like... There was definitely too much of it early on in this game uh, with Barnes. And it's like, I understand on one hand, they want to get Barnes going. He hasn't been going and he did get going at the end of the game, which we'll talk about. But just in general, 17 assists isn't enough. And so this team needs to kind of figure out ways for the offense to be a little smoother and a little less selfish. Like, I think they need to be more patient, make the extra pass a little more often and stuff like that because right now yeah it's getting really bogged down in these post-ups yeah the offensive rhythm i think just isn't there for toronto um i think obviously what nick nurse would be hoping for with these post-ups would be you know a post-up from siakam on a mismatch of some sort or really i think nick nurse looks at any you know pascal siakam matchup as a mismatch of course he's not going to attack ben simmons play after play after play but if he can get Royce O'Neal on Siakam, if he can get a guy like Joe Harris, any of the guards of the Nets, even Kevin Durant sometimes on Pascal Siakam when he's exhausted, I think you look at that as a mismatch. But I just don't – I don't – with very particular opportunities with Scotty Barnes, I understand in the post-up, you know, Samson Folk made a really, really good point during the game. He said something along the lines of – I'm not going to, you know, quote his tweet because I don't think I'll be able to find it in time. But he mentioned how static post-ups are not – um, as advantageous for the Raptors, um, particularly with Scotty Barnes. Yeah, I think um, he was talking and, about Scotty. Yeah, he's talking about he's talking about Scotty Barnes, and he's and he said, you know, the static post ups don't work as well as the bully drives do, which is yeah. true, and that's something that OG Ananobi does a lot, right? He'll take that very hard aggressive drive to the rim, turn it into a post up, and next thing you know, the defenders underneath the rim, right? So, yeah, and I think um, by bully drives, just so what our audience knows. What he what we mean is is exactly what he did to Katie at the end there where he got the end yeah. one uh, where they challenged it for the goaltending like that was a bully job where he just put his shoulder into his chest and and drove to the basket. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I said, it's very difficult to watch um, the Raptors kind of just go. You know what? This entire quarter, eighty percent of our offensive possessions are just going to be post ups, no matter who's there or what's going on. I think. With Nick, you almost have to with Claxton specifically. I think you almost have to avoid him offensively, Oren. Like that's how much respect I have for him as an interior defender. You have to avoid him, just like you would avoid a Jared Allen or avoid yeah. you know any other premier shot blocker in the league. Um, yeah, you and, definitely have to be more aware of him than the Raptors were because because like it's on a similar point. I feel like there was way too many opportunities where 
the, the Nets were able to get out and run because the Raptors kind of made bad decisions and mm-hmm. it, either it resulted in a Claxton easy block to a run out or even like an air ball to a run out. Um, and like looking at these stats, this is actually the third game in a row where the Raptors have had fewer turnovers than their opponent, but fewer fast break points as well, which obviously like shouldn't make sense, but they are not executing in transition. And even like 10 turnovers to me, feels a little low. feels like the Raptors had more than that because man or nine turnovers, I should say they had some really timely turnovers. Like really Mm -hmm. Fred was especially culpable. I thought in the fourth quarter of some really bad turnovers, um, and yeah, like teams are punishing them for the, these last three games. Teams are just punishing them after the turnovers. Whereas the Raptors, who we know force the most amount of turnovers in the league, just haven't been able to punish teams in the same way. Um, so, yeah, we should talk yeah, about the positive um, stuff. We I should. Think. And I think and I think you look at the game as a whole um, and you see, I mean, Fred Van Vliet, once again, or and I talked about him a lot on the last show. Uh, versus the Kings, obviously that came in a loss as well. But Fred Van Vliet with another 39-point game, oddly enough. Not 40, not 38, but 39 points exactly. Um, uh, shooting another great percentage. He's 14 for 24 from the field. Um, the last two games, Orrin, he's been 18 for 19 from the free throw line, um, which is incredible to see from Fred. He's aggressively attacking the rim, I think, better than any guard in the last few games, which is good to see. Um, but just overall, I think Fred is finding a shot. Um, one of the biggest positives I think you can say is that Fred's finally getting in a rhythm, which makes the offense look better as a whole for the Raptors, right? If you have one of your um, you know, premier scorers on your team who's in a really bad funk, the offense naturally is going to look a lot worse, right? Because Fred is the type of guy, Warren, where even when he's in a funk, he's still going to take his 15 shots, right? He's still going to get his 15, 16, 17 shots, um, and he's going to put them up. And I think now we're starting to see um, Fred kind of, I said it. I mean, I said last week, I think I was with Kyle, where I said, I think Fred's just in a slump. And I think it's a matter of time before he has one good game, one bounce back game. And then we start seeing that supernova Fred again. And then it all kind of just equals out like it does every other season for Fred, right? So, um, yeah, 39 points, 14 for 24. He was four for nine from three. His shots looked great. He rebounded the ball pretty well. Uh, stealing a block, which is almost like a guarantee for you know any gambling addicts out there who like gambling on that type of stuff for Fred. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Scotty, who who did struggle, or like he did struggle in the first half, and the second yeah. half looked like a totally different Scotty, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, it felt like he was forcing the issue a little bit, and sometimes it was just I think unlucky for Scotty. Like he was getting really good looks at the rim in the first half, yeah. and he just couldn't finish. Right, so. Scotty's definitely another positive. What do you think about those two games from Fred and Scotty, uh, particularly? For sure, I, I, I'm gonna just search this tweet with everyone watching. It's okay because I I wanted to find the numbers on this, but yeah. So Fred, because he wasn't shooting threes at all for so long, kind of had to redefine his game and and start to score within the paint a little bit more than we're used to seeing. He's historically the worst kind of really one of the worst players in the league at finishing at the rim. And over the last five games, he's 30 of 46 from two point range, which is unheard of for him because, but yeah, it speaks to like, he had to find other ways to score with the three ball, not going down. And so he's really improving in, in the paint. And 
now that the three-point ball is also going down, that's why he has back-to-back 39-point games. Like when those two things are working for him, he's a really good player. And I was with you. I think he is kind of out of this slump a little bit. And yeah, the Raptors need it. He's he's their only really trustworthy point guard, and, and he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Um just because that's how this team is built. But but Scotty, for sure, yeah. uh, it, it's a little annoying that the Raptors can't get everyone in a rhythm at the same time because, like, before this, it was OG and Pascal. Then OG gets hurt. Pascal is, is now two games in a row where he hasn't been good, at least scoring the ball. And now Scotty and Fred seem to have it going. So, look, if you're an optimist, you think they're going to all get it going at the same time, and and the Raptors are going to pull off a string of wins um, because Scotty in the fourth quarter was just, they went to him. Like they showed a lot of trust in him. Pascal didn't have it going. Fred is a limited offensive player and they went to Scotty again and again. And and he was attacking those smaller players with the drive primarily. And I mean, they weren't always smaller players. He he was beating uh, KD as well. So yeah. shout out but to you don't, Scottie by the for, way, Oren, you don't usually see that a lot because when Scotty struggles, usually in the, in the first half, Nicholas tends to go away from him in the second half. Whereas yeah. when it's Pascal Siakam and Fred, it feels like Nicholas has just so much trust in those two guys where if they struggle in the first half, they're still going to get those looks at the, at the end of the fourth quarter in close games. Right. And with Scotty, it's, I mean, going into any game for, for the, for the Raptors, their opponents are naturally going to hone in on Pascal Siakam a lot more especially late game, right? Because the natural thought would be, okay, this is their best offensive player. He's going to be getting the ball quite a bit at the end of games. And um, you saw it. I mean, Ben Simmons was on him, but Scotty said, you know what? Ben Simmons is on him one possession and KD's on me. I'll take him. And then if they switch, I'll take him again. And um, you love to see that, that type of persistence from such a young player. People forget, like we have to really remind people um Scotty's a young guy, or like he's not. We're not talking about a 23 year old sophomore, 24 year old sophomore, 24 year old third year player. Uh, Scotty's a very young player who learns quite literally every single game. Um, mm. And I think it's important to understand like, we're talking about a kid who turned 21 not too long ago, right? A 2001 born kid. So, um, damn, I shouldn't have said that out loud because now that hurts um, being born in the mid 1990s. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that hurt. He's really young, and so was Christian Coloco, who's been yes. starting at center for the Raptors. I just wrote about this for Yahoo. Like, the Raptors have these two different timelines right now, and they're trying to straddle a line where they're playing with both. And that's not, there's no precedent really in the NBA of that working well, where a team can win at a high level, as in like win multiple playoff series. People keep being like, what about the Grizzlies? What about the Pelicans? Those teams haven't won anything. Like, stop it. Stop. Don't come at me. Those teams haven't won anything, like, other than a few regular season games recently. Um, But, yeah, there's not not a lot of precedent of winning at a high level and developing a bunch of really young players. And the Raptors are trying to do that. And that's why I'm so in favor of kind of getting a center because I'm all for developing Barnes and giving him those reps and giving him those minutes. But you got to limit... If you want to win games, you have to limit the other people you're prioritizing. You can't prioritize a bunch of 20-year-olds. And no disrespect for, but to Coloco, but I just think that he maybe isn't ready and, and maybe he shouldn't be prioritized this season 
uh, on that pecking list. Mm-hmm. He would be good for some G League time. And um, yeah, that's why I keep bringing it up. But but Barnes definitely, I am seeing some real growth for him. Like last game, even just the last three games, his defensive uh, execution has just been a lot better, containing the ball a lot better. And after last game, he came in the media room and and no one even asked him to, but he just took accountability for the turnovers he threw late in the game against the Kings. And like that just shows some maturity compared to the way he was kind of behaving when he asked about being like coming off the bench uh, a few weeks back where he was clearly not happy about it. Like it just shows a little bit of maturity. He's moving in the right direction. I think, I think the team's moving in the right direction, but um. They either need to get healthy or make some trades because right now, as you saw tonight, I think they played about as well as they could have. Yeah. And they still lost to a good team. A very good team. Yeah. And you look at Scotty with the two games in Orlando on the 9th and the 11th of December, he had six points, six rebounds. And then the next game after that against Orlando, he had 11 points, two rebounds. And now he's backed that up with a 27.10 rebound. Or sorry, a 27.10 assist, seven rebound game against Sacramento, and now against Brooklyn tonight, 26 points, three rebounds, three assists, um, and going to the line. This might be the best, the best, and maybe most encouraging part of Scotty Barnes' game. Went to the line 11 times, which is, I believe, the most this season. Yeah, I'm looking at the entire season. Whoa. This is the most free throw attempts by a mile this season. The next most was seven against Brooklyn again. So I'm glad you brought that up because. That to me is the biggest concerning area of his game is that his free throw attempts has gone down from this season uh, from last. And that just like can't happen. Like the more you're in the league, you should be picking up tricks to get to the line. You should be learning that for Barnes is in his case, aggressiveness is what he thrives off. And in this game, you saw it. I don't think he took a single jumper other than maybe one, three. Otherwise, he was going to the paint relentlessly. And that's kind of how he has to play to to just maximize his strength right now. So, yeah, the, the free throws have to go up because having less, having fewer than last season is simply on him, like on his lack of aggression. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, and then looking at it from, I mean, I'm looking at it from the net side now, um, Oren. Kyrie Irving, the three games prior to this one, he was the Nets' leading scorer versus the Raptors in this game. That makes it four of four. Kyrie had 32 points, 13 for 22 shooting. He was three for three from the free throw line, five assists, three rebounds. He only had a single turnover in 35 minutes, played a really, really good game from Kyrie Irving. And that makes it four, uh, like I said, for Kyrie Irving, where he led a team that's has Kevin Durant on the roster in scoring against the Raptors, which is impressive. Um, we haven't even really got into super, I mean, got into depth about his three-point shot to end the game, but um, we won't go too crazy on that. We like looking at things from a Raptors perspective on this one. Uh, is there anything, Oren, if we go back to that play that maybe the Raptors could have done different, or do you just chalk it up to, I mean, Fred, one of your best point-of-attack defenders on one of the best offensive players in the league? I mean, you just got to take the one-on-one. Maybe do you throw someone else on Kyrie in a situation like that, or two, three games. I mean, let's say down the road, you're going against a Lillard or a Curry. Do you do the same thing? What do you think? Yeah, because remember last time that they lost the game against the Nets, they doubled Kyrie and then uh, what's his name? Royce O'Neal got an open three. So if people are like saying they should have doubled, well, you can't have it both ways. So 
no, I don't mind the coverage. I think just the game was lost way before that. Again, to me, the game was lost at the center position. Claxton just beating Coloco by as much as he did in really every facet of the game. I think that's more than anything where the game was lost. Um, specifically kind of in that in that third quarter there but no I, i'm not i'm not upset credit to katie and Kyrie for the shot making but the raptors played well they really they did. did like i'm they not did. even mad i'm not that mad we highlighted a comment from savage who said you can't even hate on fred tonight which is well, the truth i, I want to talk i want to talk about this because a lot of people are and today i they hate him i've been seeing on twitter for a little while now this subset of raptors fans who hate fred like who yeah. just don't think he's a good player, who thinks he's a ball hog. I think we've had this conversation actually for years. There's always been this upset. It just feels like it's growing super loud around the trade deadline. And people are, I'm so surprised how many people think Fred is going to be at traded, even around the league when you hear guys like Zach Lowe talk about it. And like, look, I'm not like plugged in with the Raptors in terms of like having sources in the front office. But when you're around that team, it's just like, He's their leader. He's Pascal's best friend. Like, I would be so surprised if they traded him. Uh, I think he means just so much more to that franchise than most people think. And that's why I'm so surprised how many people are talking about him. Like, he's this thing that the Raptors need to get off of before paying him. Lauren, there was a Twitter post, and you know the Raptors do this every single game before pregame of the little walk-ins, right? They get the guys wearing their fits and... Fred is, has never really been a flashy guy. He's not like Gary Trent Jr. when it comes to fashion, right? He's not coming in with a crazy Balenciaga, um, you know, crazy like looking jersey with holes in it and all want? that. So Fred, you know, Fred is obviously one of the pictures this uh, today in the pregame. And I think he was just wearing like a whatever he normally wears, like a hoodie. I think it was like cargo pants and, and shoes or something like that. Just a basic fit, right? Nothing crazy. And if you saw the replies to the tweet, like, we're talking about, like, I know there's trolls in every fan base, but this is becoming, like, like it's crazy now. Like, before the game, I was like, guys, we're co- talking about a guy who struggled a little bit, right, shooting the ball this season. He struggled. I want to say a little bit. He struggled quite a bit shooting the ball this season, right? He's been in a slump, just like I think every other Raptor, right? Um, that doesn't give him a pass. He's one of the better players on the team. Sure, he deserves fair criticism. But we're talking about a guy that turned it around against the Sacramento Kings who put up 39 points, right, willed the team, tried doing everything he possibly could in that game. And then the first picture people see of him the next or two days later where he's wearing a regular fit, people are like, well, I want this guy traded. And I'm not going to show you guys the replies because you could look at it, right? You just wrap there's Twitter, scroll down, you'll see it yourself. I didn't even really want to point it out either, Oren. I was like, should I quote tweet this and just kind of call these people out? There was no point for me because I feel like I'd just be yelling at a crowd that's not really listening. But, um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I think now we're starting to see Fred turn the corner, which is nice to see. And um, I think we're at the point where we can say, you know, Fred, his confidence is sky high. I think it's very important for the Raptors' offense and their defense for Fred to be playing at a high level like this, right? Um, Oren, let's get into it really quick. Because I don't know how that didn't feel like thirty minutes. Felt like more than five, more like five. Um, let's get into Manscaped really quickly and talk about our great friends over here at Manscaped. And if you guys can see this right here, which you see on your screen, 
And for our listeners, it's called the Platinum Package 4.0. You can see there's already a discount on it. Like we're not talking about something that's we're not asking you guys to spend four or five hundred dollars. We're not doing that. It's already 44% off. Um, and you can see the description says a full body luxury grooming and hygiene kit desi designed to help you look and feel your best. And uh, you guys have heard me say it before. This is where it gets kind of awkward for, for some people. But balls, they are delicate. They are sensitive. And they're easy to damage. And that's why on our post-game show, Wrap Up Live, we all use the Lawnmower 4.0. It has skin-safe technology. It has a replaceable ceramic blade. It has an LED light, completely wireless charging system. And it's waterproof. It's trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. That includes myself and Oren, Aiden, Kyle, everybody on our show. Uh, so that's over 4 million balls if you do the math. Uh, so join us. Join us on our Manscaped journey. Guys, do not trust those cheap blades at the dollar store. Um, I said it last show. Do not trust them at the gas station. Wherever you guys buy those cheap razor blades that just cut you here, there, everywhere, do not do it. I'm also skin sensitive, or I don't know if you are. So those things don't work for me. Well, I used to use scissors before getting this. Oh! And it was... Uh... It was always a risky uh, exercise, but yeah, I definitely I prefer this. You? But you, I I gotta say these? for our listeners because this is an expensive deal. Even though you get the twenty percent off promo code and everything like that, they have lots of other stuff on the site that isn't so 100%. expensive. Like you can just get the lawnmower itself, and I think it's like sixty bucks or something. And yeah, it's a good it's a good holiday gift. Holidays are around the corner. Get it for a man in your life. Get it for yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's I'll go right, to manscaped.com. You can check out the lawnmower 4.0, as well as like you see on the screen, their luxury grooming bundles. And no matter what you purchased, you purchase, you can receive free shipping, international shipping with our show's promo code. So, guys, it's not just our Canadian Raptors fans, it's international shipping free with our promo code RAPUP. That's wrap up RAPUP for 20% off and free shipping on your entire order. I'll say it one more time. Wrap up R-A-P-U-P for 20% off and free shipping on your entire manscaped.com order, guys. Um, amazing holiday gift. I'll tell you that right now. And please, guys, tell us if you do purchase it and let us know what you think as well. Um, yeah. Let us know. But do not purchase it without our code. Thank you. <laughs> um, or else, uh, you know, or may have to start using scissors again soon. Um, no. <laughs> I'm done forever, I think, with that one. Um, do you have anything else to say about the game? Um, I do not, personally. I know the Raptors have... It's Friday night. The Raptors have the Warriors coming up. You guys see it on the schedule. Sunday night, 6 p.m. Um, I believe Steph Curry is not healthy, though, Oren. Yeah, he's out for a couple weeks. And uh, even also Draymond Green didn't play tonight, but he could be back on Sunday. But man, they showed this schedule on the broadcast and up until the really, really up until this, man, this is a tough stretch here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I posted like, this. I actually posted this uh, yes, or sorry, after the Sacramento Kings game that included this Nets game that we obviously lost. Um, so yeah, Nets, Warriors, 76ers, Knicks, Cavs, Clippers, the Grizzlies look incredible this year, the Suns, the Pacers look much better than people think this season. You yeah. got the Milwaukee Bucks and then the Knicks, who also look much better than people would have thought this season as well. Um, no game on this list, Oren, is a guaranteed win. I'm sorry. No. I'm not. And I'm not honestly, 
the Warriors game on Sunday becomes a pretty big one because they've lost four in a row now, and and the Warriors are going to be without Steph at least. And yeah, the Raptors just they got that's the easiest game on their schedule considering like what we know right now in terms of injuries. They got to win that, and and I'm sure others will come winnable whether it's the Knicks or or the Clippers because they barely have their stars or the Pacers like they're winnable games here but to snap out of this funk I think the Raptors really need a win on Sunday um they also need a win we are gonna see pictures of Wemby on the timeline it's gonna be bad man I mean the Warriors are 14 and 15 right now as we speak and guess what their away record is Oren can you guess really quick before I tell you ours or Uh, the golden the Golden State Warriors yeah, it's uh, two and 11. Two wins, 13 losses away oh, from wow. the Chase Center. Um, and they will be coming yeah, through. I wrote in my column that these two teams, the Warriors and the Raptors, are going through the exact same problems this season. Yeah, and they both have terrible road records. And yeah. Very unfortunate. And guess what? The Warriors are also, uh, I mean, the Raptors are on a three or is it four game losing streak now? Yeah, four. Um, and the Warriors lost tonight against the 76ers, 118 to 106. So they're on a three game losing streak. Um, yeah, everything's falling apart for both teams, it looks like. Uh, who will bounce back on Sunday night? We will see soon enough. Um, Sunday games are always fun. I would ex- I would have expected this to be a matinee Oren. 6 p.m. is fine, though. I mean, sure. Not going not gonna to protest. Um, but that does it. I mean,. That does it for us. Brooklyn Nets uh, defeat the the Toronto Raptors on a game-winning shot from Kyrie Irving. It's unfortunate. Before you guys leave us tonight, I know everyone's sad. Everyone's down in the dumps. But please, if you stayed with us, especially till the end, we need you to like this video. It really does help us out on the algorithm. You guys would not know how much it helps us out. We also need you to subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube as well as our podcast channel. This was the wrap-up, your official Raptors Republic live post-game show where your Raptors were defeated by the Brooklyn Nets, 119 to 116, bringing the Raptors Wait, record to say, 13. We should say uh, the Can-Am tax man of the night. <laughs> oh, we should. We should. And that's, uh, I mean, that's pretty clear, though. give it to? Who do you, yeah. Well, I think is it's it? pretty clear. Do we have, so, are we giving it to Mr. 39, or are we giving it to the guy who bounced back in the second half? Yeah, I don't know. Do you who want did to you guys give it to last night? Who did you uh, give it to? I, I gave it to Fred on Wednesday night. Yeah, exactly. So let's give it to Scotty. We're going to give it to the 21-year-old. He's he's going to pout in the corner if we don't give it to him. Um, Scotty Barnes, 27 points. What's his what's his stat line on? We're looking at 26 points, I believe. Um, three I rebounds, three assists. Like I said, 10 for 11 from the free throw line. So Scotty Barnes with a massive bounce back second half in this game, looking like a totally different player. Um, and I know people in the comments, I know you guys are going to say give it to Fred. Fred does deserve it. And we're going to blame it on Orin, guys, if you're sad about it. Um, That's fine. But Scotty Barnes is your Canon Tax player of the game. We're going to end it off there, guys. We'll see you guys all Sunday night. That was it for myself, Sahal Abdi, and Orin Weisfeld. You guys can follow us on Twitter, our full name, Sahal Abdi, Orin Weisfeld. Um, and, yeah, we should we – should, I mean – I was about to say we should win against the Golden State Warriors, but, I mean, I'm not saying that anymore, Or 14 wins, 16 losses for the Golden State Warriors. Two and 14 now? Was the 76ers game at home? It was. So they are now 2 and 14 away from home, walking into the Scotiabank Arena. We'll see you guys all next time on Sunday night versus the Golden State Warriors. It should be fun. Uh, Take care, stay safe, and, yeah, happy holidays. It's coming, coming soon.